Hello my friends and welcome back to the Meerkat Musings podcast. I apologise for the absence of these in recent times. I have uh, not long gone back to work after having Covid, uh, which was not a particularly pleasant experience. I do not recommend it to anyone. I consider myself to be quite fortunate in how um, how I was able to resist the disease. But then again, I've been double jabbed plus had a booster. So I'm in a position where I, I was about as fortified from it as I could be. I also, I'm generally, although I'm not super healthy, I'm, I'm not unfit either. And I think that probably sort of played a role. But I'm I'm fortunate, and I consider myself to be fortunate. I didn't have it worse because, as we know, a lot of people have died from this virus. Uh, it's not something to be taken lightly, and it, it did leave me feeling quite um, lethargic and sort of grotty and snotty for quite a while. It kind of felt like a heavy cold, uh, but like I say, for me. Uh, and for that matter, my wife and daughter, I think we got away with it quite lightly. It's likely that we had the Omicron version, which is said to be more mild than some of the other strains out there. But nonetheless, uh, it's still potentially a killer. And without the vaccines, I can only imagine how much worse it would have been. So... That kind of occupied half my January, basically, uh, because I, I caught it in the in the middle of Jan and didn't go back to work because you have to isolate for 10 days. I uh, didn't go back to work until sort of towards the end of Jan. And now here we are on the 1st of Feb and I, I feel uh, a lot brighter. Uh, still maybe a tiny weeny bit bunged up, but apart from that, I feel fine in myself. And uh, I think that oh, I can now sort of say that I'm recovered, uh, which, again, I feel thankful for because some people suffer consequences of this for for many weeks and even months after they've had it. And we still don't know the full long-term picture of what this virus can do to people. I mean, for all those people that say, well, it doesn't kill a lot, firstly, it's killed enough uh, as it were, and secondly, it's not just about who it kills, it's about the impact it has on people in the long term, the, the effect it has on their long term health is not something uh, that you should just casually ignore, it's a consequence of the virus, a disease does not have to be deadly to be dangerous, or to be debilitating, or to be something to deal with, uh, and that's the case with, I mean, not only is COVID deadly, but we have to bear in mind the other consequences as well. Moving on, um, so we ended January, we've now moved into February. Uh, January often feels like a long month, but it kind of went fairly quickly in some ways. Uh, I don't know if that was actually a consequence of being in isolation. I don't know. Uh, in other ways, it felt like quite a slow month. But in, in some respects, it went fairly quickly. February is a shorter month, but it wouldn't surprise me if it actually sort of zips by fairly fast as a result. Uh, fairly slowly, sorry, as a result. So we'll see how that sort of pans out. Uh, in February, there's a few things I look forward to. Formula One testing will begin, 
which will give us a look at the new style of F1 cars we have going into 2022. Uh, although that being said, some reports have suggested that testing will not be televised and will be taking place under some strict closed door conditions. Uh, so we may not see as much of these new cars as, as we would like to. Uh, Ho-hum, that's just the way it is. You never know, that might not be the case, but whatever happens, we might well get some glimpses of the new F1 cars in February. Uh, Valentine's Day is in February, <clears throat> uh, so I don't know what, if anything, we've got planned for that, but with a bit of luck, depending on circumstances, we can maybe uh, get ourselves a nice takeaway or something like that. Some of that will be very much money dependent on the grounds that where I had COVID, I had to take statutory sick pay, which in the UK is rather poor. It's not like some countries where they actually cover your wages. Uh, they don't do that here. So I have to hope that other other things uh, sort of balance that out a little bit. I won't know that for a few days. It might impact on what we can or can't do for Valentine's Day. I think it'll be all right in fairness. So I think uh, come Valentine's Day, we'll be able to, you know, to treat ourselves a little bit, uh, which will be be quite nice. Anything else? Well, I mean, that's kind of it, I guess, for the uh, sort of home front slash personal front, if you like. Uh, moving on to some other topics now in this kind of podcast muse, I guess we could call it. Uh, I've recently found myself uh, doing something that I swore I wouldn't do, um, but there were a few remarks and comments made by uh, a long-term sparring partner, shall we say, uh, on um, sort of one of my sites and on, of course, his site, that I couldn't ignore. Uh, they represented some attacks and misrepresentations of a friend's perspective and I also found out that this guy has been harassing another friend of mine by email uh, despite having been made abundantly clear that he's not welcome to keep doing so. So with that in mind I had to issue a response on a subject which I have talked about before. Uh, I've talked about in website form and in video form and that's the, the subject of uh, guns and gun violence and gun control laws. And whenever you bring up this subject, there are always certain people that will make the same arguments over and over again, even though the arguments don't make much sense, especially not these days. A little bit of background. So in the USA, over the last couple of years, the... Uh, the US homicide rate has actually been going up slightly. And in, a, in general terms, in fairness to it, it has had a sort of steady decline from, I think, like the 80s and 90s. It has steadily gone down. But one fact has always been true, that in the US, by far, the highest percentage of murders in the US take place with guns. Uh, a while back, a few years back, when I first started looking into this, it was about two-thirds of all US murders involved firearms, and that percentage has actually increased to about 75%. So basically, three-quarters of uh, all US murders over the last couple of years have involved guns. And 
the US murder rate, when you work it out per, uh, in this instance on my website, I've worked it out um, sort of per 100,000 people because you can get uh, kind of a, a good comparison between different countries doing this. The US murder rate has been, with guns only, so bear that in mind, we're not factoring in uh, with all weapons here. With gun, guns alone, the US murder rate's been higher than the the total murder rate of uh, Japan, the total murder rate of the UK, the total murder rate of Australia, the total murder rate of Sweden, the total murder rate of France, the total murder rate of Germany, the total total bleh, the total murder rate of Canada, uh, and a number of other countries. In fact, you can combine the total murder rates of two or three of these countries in various different combinations. And those murder rates would still be lower than the US murder rate with guns only. So that should kind of start to clue you in to the, the facts here that the presence of a lot of guns in a situation where they are inconsistently and poorly regulated creates more gun violence. In some cases, some um, some violent crime in the US takes place at a similar rate to what it might do in, say, for example, sort of Canada and the UK. Uh, for example, uh, robberies of like sort of stores, petrol stations, that kind of thing, uh, between the US and, and Canada, they're actually quite similar. Pro-gun activists might argue, well, it goes to show that people will commit crimes with anything. But my point would be that, first of all, guns, if they're meant to act as a deterrent, are failing in that role. And secondly, in Canada, you're less likely to get killed in a robbery than you are in America. So whilst the robbery rates between uh, the US and Canada are similar, you are a lot more likely to be killed in a robbery in America. So as a deterrent, as I say, uh, guns are also failing to actually act as one. I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? If everyone is armed, then surely, you know, it'll serve as, as a warning to everyone else that you shouldn't try something. Well, obviously that's not working because although there are so many guns in America, it's estimated that something like 44% um, of Americans have guns. Despite this, there's still a lot of violent crime. There hasn't been this this reduction in violent crime in America, despite the existence of lots of guns which supposedly serve as a deterrent to this violent crime. So that's something that's, I think, worth noting. And, of course, with the main purpose of guns, which is to kill, let's not forget they are designed to be lethal weapons. That is their purpose. They are proving to be horribly effective because the US murder rate, as mentioned before, with guns only, is higher than that of several other countries' total combined murder rates. Now, one factor that I brought up in my discussion with this particular, uh, how do I put it, uh, fundamentalist, was, you know what, I've actually lost my train of thought there. <laughs> That's COVID brained for you. Um, where was I? So, one factor that we need to kind of bear in mind with this is in the US, different states will do things in different ways. There isn't a proper 
nationwide uh, kind of system, if you like, or set of laws, I should say, for the, the regulation of guns. Uh, I think there are a few bits and pieces in place, but by and large, each US state will determine their own gun laws uh, as they see fit. Now, this creates a lot of inconsistency. There are some states that are very happy for you to carry your guns around openly, uh, that require virtually nothing in the way of background checks, uh, and operate with the uh, understanding that you can get most kinds of weapon. There are a few restrictions, but virtually anything can be available. And other states flip that around and do things very differently. It's interesting because uh, my opponent, if we uh, shall we call him in this recent gun discussion, was arguing that states with more gun control fare worse in terms of violence. Well, the numbers don't bear that out. Some of the most violent US states for murder, uh, such as Missouri and Alabama, also have some of the weakest gun control laws on the books. It is true that some US states with tighter gun control laws have similar problems, but what that demonstrates is when you have inconsistent laws across the country as big as America, but as many states as America, where every state does things a little bit differently, you're inviting chaos. There is no coherency. There is no cohesion of how they do things. You contrast that to somewhere like Germany. Now, there are less guns in circulation um, sort of per person in Germany than in America, but there are still quite a lot of guns in Germany. The difference with Germany is they have national laws regarding guns. Every part of the country is governed by the same system when it comes to guns. There are also very different laws around background checks in Germany, as well as the types of gun you can own, the number of guns you can own, types of ammunition, and also ongoing checks, both on the individuals owning the guns and also on the guns themselves. Consequently, Germany has far less gun crime and gun violence than the USA. Uh, overall, I would say Germany is a much safer country to live in than the USA. The same is true right here in the UK. We have national systems in place regarding guns. There is sometimes a little bit of variation between English and Scottish law, but by and large, they are very, very similar. They are designed to be very, very similar. And again, there are strict rules regarding the types of firearm, the types of ammunition, uh, and there are different checks in place on who can have guns and for what reason. As a result, we also here have considerably less in the way of gun crime, and the UK is again a fundamentally safer country to live in than the USA. I'm not saying that the UK is perfect, I'm not saying Germany is perfect uh, in those regards, but we are safer countries. For the next part of this, uh, this podcast regarding guns, I want to uh, delve a little bit more uh, into some of the comments and information, well, say information, the comments really, provided by my uh, sparring partner on this subject. Because typically what I found is whenever... Uh, they issue a response to the information that I provide. They usually will say pretty much the same thing every time, namely that the information is, that I'm distorting the information 
uh, that I'm not sort of looking at the facts properly and all this kind of stuff. And as is typical as well, uh, what my spying partner, what my opponent does is they fail to provide much in the way of an explanation of this. It's not to say that they don't provide some explanation, although uh, a fair a fair bit of it is not really relevant. Uh, but unfortunately, what my opponent also prefers to do, rather than addressing how I'm factually wrong with my arguments, they will often simply fall back upon accusations that I'm lying, uh, distorting the facts, uh, or even just basically indulging in character assassinations, which is quite disappointing, to put it mildly. There's a few things that, yes, I perhaps could have presented in one or two of my posts uh, slightly differently to make some of the points clearer. Uh, but ultimately, I feel like the points were still made successfully and I feel some of the uh, criticisms produced by my opponent are obtuse. And you'll, you'll find that I've basically sort of written all this up uh, on, on my website, Meerkat Musings. But I just wanted to talk about it a little bit on the podcast because, hey, why not? Just to give you an indicator here, uh, one of the things which came up was... we. we I think he put it up first, but I'm not sure, going from, from memory. Uh, we looked at how US states fare in terms of gun violence. And one of the things that my opponent mentioned is that um, states with strict gun laws see more gun violence. He posted a couple of links, but those links don't really, as far as I can see, sort of back up his claim. Whereas when I did a search on Google for about 30 seconds, I was able to find that there are in fact a number of situations where states with weak gun control laws are actually more dangerous than states with uh, stronger gun control laws. It's not a consistent picture. There are some US states which have uh, arguably sort of tighter gun control laws which do have problems. Uh, but it's certainly not universally the case that the states with more gun control laws are more dangerous. Uh, in fact, uh, three of the most dangerous states in terms of gun violence in the USA are ones with some of the weakest gun control laws on the books. Uh, for example, Alabama uh, is third on the list, Louisiana is second, and Missouri uh, is first. And those three states all have what we would term to be weak gun control laws uh, and they are the three most dangerous states in terms of, of homicides in America. It's not as simple as saying more guns you know, will definitely lead to more violence and it's not necessarily a case of law in every instance, I will say that. I think part of it is also down to uh, gun culture which is a, a big thing in America because guns have gone from being seen as a necessary evil to a cultural symbol, uh, almost to a, to a sort of almost religious symbol in some ways. So it isn't just about law, but the inescapable reality is that nowhere in America really has gun laws which are as rigid or as cohesive as you see abroad. Uh, and what you see across many other parts of the world in countries which are broadly similar to America is that a lot of these countries don't have the same problem with gun crime and a lot of these countries are generally safer full stop and I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of these countries 
there were very different rules around how you can access firearms. I've used it as an example before, but I will use it again because I don't think that my opponent has really moved to understand or appreciate this. You've got Germany. Let's take Germany as an example. There are actually quite a lot of guns in Germany. They, they do have fairly widespread gun ownership. The difference is in the, the types of guns which are available, first of all. And also there are different rules around the number of firearms you can own. Uh, there are different rules on the types of ammunition. And there are also very different rules in uh, evaluating how people can get guns in the first place in terms of like sort of background checks and that kind of thing. But Germany also has ongoing systems of evaluation for gun owners as well. Uh, they do regular checks on people who have guns. So what you have from that is a system where you can have guns, you can absolutely have guns, but everything is regulated and organised in such a way that it, it's not a case of having guns willy-nilly with, with no checks, no balances. They, they've had a look at how they can let people have firearms in a manner which is a lot safer than they do in America. You can have guns here in the UK. Uh, however, again, they're subject to very strict laws on what kind of gun you can have. Uh, and uh, again, there were different rules around background checks. And again, we have a much lower problem with, with gun violence than America does, generally speaking. Certainly our, our murder rate here in the UK uh, is a lot lower than the USA's murder rate. Our murder rates in the UK, with all forms of weapons factored into account, is lower, considerably lower, than the US murder rate with guns only. So you should think about that for a second. So there's a lot to say on this subject, and I, I could ramble on in podcast form at length, but I think what I will do is I will uh, sort of write up my, my latest response to, to the author of this site, and then we'll see how it goes from there. I, I asked him five questions last time around, in response to uh, his latest post, because there were a few things that I feel he didn't address. He wrote up another post, uh, and he basically only answered one question and came up with a number of obtuse sets of reasons as to why he wouldn't answer the rest. I'm going to write about this, as I say, in detail. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I raised five questions and he or five points to address I should say and he only addressed one of them so there you go uh, so I will address that in in written form but I just find it fascinating that someone can be so deliberately blind to to the facts to reality and maintain this this position ad nauseum despite the evidence. The bottom line is guns kill people. They're very, very good at killing people. I know he's going to say guns don't kill people, people kill people. Okay, fine. People kill people. But it's a lot easier to kill people with a weapon specifically designed for that purpose. 
and that is borne out again and again and again in in the facts in these statistics in places where there are lots of guns uh, where and when you combine having lots of guns with very very little in the way of of laws and regulations around guns you see a lot of gun crime uh, there's a reason why you know, the USA has an ongoing problem with this and it's not just in terms of the overall murder rate which is actually arguably in some ways more relevant but there's also another major problem in America a major problem in America which is unique to America for the most part which are these these mass shootings mass attacks they're very rare elsewhere and you'll also find that it's very rare they take place with weapons other than guns because guns make it very easy to kill people for example when we had the terrible events in Las Vegas a few years back when someone was shooting out of a hotel window they had access to and uh, kind of almost unfettered access to some very powerful weapons some semi-automatic rifles with very long ranges that civilians can get hold of with very little in the way of training and he was able to get hold of multiple versions of these firearms as well as other firearms uh, and he, he used them to tragically massacre a lot of people that were just doing absolutely nothing to him whatsoever now if he hadn't have had access to weapons like that, the chances are, if he had decided to go on this killing spree, far less people would have died. If he had access to only pistols, um, for example, it would be a lot more difficult to carry out an attack like that. If he was armed only with knives, it would be a lot more difficult to go on a spree like that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but the reality is, America has a very unique and very ugly problem with these kind of mass shootings that you don't see in the UK or France or Germany or Japan or Australia or Canada. Yes, there are the occasional attacks like that, but they are very, very rare compared to America. And you have to ask yourself why. So there were a number of, of facts around guns that my opponent just for whatever reason chooses to ignore which is i think quite quite sad uh, i think they're misleading themselves as much as anything else and i find it interesting that they've failed to answer virtually all of the questions and points that um, they asked them to have a look at in fact, one of their answers to this was to kind of say that they wouldn't jump to my demands. Well, I don't recall demanding him to do anything. Uh, but that's just another example of the unfortunate way in which this guy likes to be obtuse and, um, and dishonest, quite frankly. Anyway, uh, I will offer up some, some further thoughts and check in with you another time.